Get in the cart. Right at us. The best in the business, Roger Cleveland. Can't wait to get back to Chicago in this one. This is Party of Four, a Mistwood Golf Club podcast. This could be our best show yet, and it's only our second one. Ben Hutchison alongside Andy Michelson and EJ Luna. And guys, we have to get right to the phone line because we have an amazing guest waiting for us on the phone. Tomo Bystet, Senior Director of Product Creation at TaylorMade Golf. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic, thanks. First of all, Tomo, what's it like getting feedback from some of the biggest names in golf? Tiger, Rory, DJ. That has to be pretty cool. What's it like to work with these guys? Yeah, I mean, we... You know, we, we brought this to them uh, in November last year, the Tim product. And, you know, there's always a bit of uh, trepidation going into that first reveal of, you know, they have not seen this at all prior to this thing. And, and, and obviously a lot of what you see on our social media and things like that, those reveals, those are real. They have not seen it. There was no sneak peek. Um, so they're coming into it with fresh eyes. And obviously there is a, you know, kind of a nervousness about it, but we're also excited because we know, what we have that it's good it's going to perform um and so it really comes down to kind of those subjective things like does it look the way that they that they want it to look are they excited about the cosmetics does it sound right you know those little things that, that are really important as well and yeah i mean this year was was uh, as, as fantastic as any experience i've ever had with these things that the guys um loved it i mean obviously with guys like tiger it's going to take a long time to dial in all the little particular things that you want but we, we got it done and um, but yeah, out of the gate, it was, it was fantastic. And it's getting a lot of talk and people really love it. What is the process like when creating a new club? Everyone says, Hey, the next design's the best design, but how do you create a transformational product like the SIM every year? Yeah. So, you know, I think what's nice about what we do here at TaylorMade is we do invest a lot in our R and D group and, and our, uh, and our advanced research side of things. We, um, we know that innovation and moving the performance forward over time is really important. You know, it's, it's not, you know, we're in an age now where, where performance is very measurable on these products. It's not, you can't just put a new paint job on an old thing and, and expect people to buy it. it it's got to perform better. So we invest a lot in that. And so one of the things that we make sure that we have is we have a pipeline um, of really um, innovative and meaningful technology that really yields results uh, that we can tap into. And so, for example, for Sam, you know, obviously we're building on a lot of prior work that we had done with all the M product, right? So all the carbon technology that we had really refined over kind of a five-year period, that that was the key to getting this product to be the way it is. But on the other side of it, we had this shape idea that, that we said, hey, we, we have an idea that if we can execute this correctly, we have the right materials to do it, uh, we can transform performance again in terms of combining great aerodynamics with really good mass properties and the head meaning low CG and high MLI. And if we can do those things, that'll be great. But again, those things don't happen every year. It's not like we can come up with these things and then execute them within a few months. These things have been in work for a long time. So the idea, for example, for STEM, the shape thing, we had that 10 years ago, literally 10 years ago, we had that on somebody's back of the napkin sketch. We had patents on this back in like 2012, 2013. But back then, we didn't have the materials technology to execute it, you know, and we didn't have the wind tunnel expertise and all the air and analytical tools for aerodynamics to really make it work. And so we kind of, it's not like we had this 
you know, kind of uh, in our back pocket, but we, we were waiting for the right time when we were going to be able to execute this, right? And so that's really what's happened with STEM is we, it's kind of this culmination of a bunch of different things happening at the same time, which is why people are seeing really good performance with the product. And, and, and honestly, as we move forward again to the next year and the year after, these are the kinds of things that, that are going to make us move forward is, is, is these different things that can unlock more performance. So the, the Sims got kind of the uh, M1 bloodline is, is the way that, that I would look at it. How do you, how do you kind yeah. of choose the optics of the way that the club looks when you set it down um, as far as year over year? You know, the, there's the big transformational change with R15 into M1. Kind of take yeah. us through that too. Like how, how do you guys determine how you want the club to look looking down at it? Yeah, so you know, again, it's it's, it's kind of a this is a, a real meetup of art and science. I mean, we we know that golf is a you know it's a very um, you know it's, it's it's a very subjective sport in a way. People like things for certain reasons, and 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 there's a tradition to the sport that is it's just different from other other uh, other sports that that are based on technology. You know, if you have a tennis racket or you have a, a, a racing bike. You don't really care what it looks like as long as it works, right? The golf, you're looking at this thing before you hit it. It's got to look right behind the ball. Except it has the right proportions and the shape. So we do spend a lot of time on on that. Um, and but on the other side of it, there's science to it. There's there's certain shapes aerodynamically that are going to work better, and we have to be cognizant of that when we design the product. So, you know, my role, for example, on the metalwood side here and creating the sim driver is working with engineers, understanding what are the what are the things that I have to kind of respect from their side of, yeah, you can't move this line too far this way or, you know, we're, we're, we're going to hurt the aerodynamics or, you know, this is the size limitation here or for whatever reason. And so there's a lot of these things. And so it all comes together as we're working on it. And obviously I get a lot of feedback from, you know, um, from around this building uh, with the guys who work on tour, but also other good players in the building and also feedback from previous products, right? So that's another important part is as I'm working on the next one, I want to know what they think of the current one uh, and things that we can improve on it. Because trust me, as good as any process that we've had out there, they're never perfect, right? There's always something that one of the players or a couple of the players are going to say, you know, I wish it was just a little more this way or the face angle was this way. I mean, for example, when we first introduced Twitch face, one of the things that we didn't nail out of the gate was how the top line masking was done on the driver, right? Mm-hmm. We did, did a typical thing where we painted it along the top and, and kind of where the face meets the crown, and that's how we painted it. But because of Twitch face, the clubs look a little too open in the toe, and that was a, that was a complaint from some of our tour guys of, especially guys who like it, like it look, looking more shut, you know. Mm-hmm. So obviously a lot of guys like it open as well. They were fine with it. But the guys who like it look square, look straighter, guys like Tiger, he liked it really straight, kind of shut looking. Um, guys like Kadecki as well, and I've worked with him a lot over the years. He is a very square on the face kind of a guy, likes it low in the toe. So we learned about how do we match these parts. So every year we try to make it a little better. We try to fix what was wrong with the last one, kind of tweak it. Um, and ultimately, that, that I would say the final element to that is, is just making them look new and interesting. Obviously, we want to make them look really cool and premium, but also there has to be an evolution aspect to it. We don't want the club that we launched this year to look the same as last year's one. I think we want to excite consumers. We want to excite our tour players um, and ultimately you know, create excitement around our brand with a new look and a new cosmetic as well. So 
one of the things that's kind of t- uh, maybe talked about a little bit less, just because not as sexy as driver, is is Fairway Woods. So he brought back in the V Steel, yeah. um, and yeah, um, yeah, let's kind of talk through that. Yeah, so um, that's another interesting kind of a research thing as well. We, uh, you know, one of the things that, that that I've been getting a lot of feedback on over the years uh, as I've worked on product, traveled around the world, and spoken to customers, retailers, golfers. Um, and, I, and once in a while, I'll throw the question out of, you know, what was, what's your favorite ever tailor-made product? You know, what, what was the one that, that you, you loved or you still wish you had or whatever? And more often than not, I used to get the, the V-Steel answer there on the fairway. People would be like, oh, you know, I still play my V-Steel or my, my good friend so-and-so plays the V-Steel. It was the best fairway you guys ever made. So I wasn't here during the era of V-Steel. I didn't work on V-Steel. Um, it was, it was about three years prior to me starting at TaylorMade that that product came out. And so I was curious about it. And we, as a, as a team here, we started looking into it and we said, hey, what, you know, what if we brought that back? You know, is there, is there research? When we went back and we looked, and there was a lot of research done back in the day on the V-Steel and the sole, um, the, the turf interaction, the entry into the turf, and, and the reduced drag that it produces. And clearly, that research was showing it was better. And the anecdotal from all these golfers said it was really good. So, and obviously we had a ton of play on tour. Talked to guys like Jason Day. He even remembers that he was like, "Oh yeah, I used to play that. That thing was incredible." Blah blah. So there's there's definitely a little bit of that. Um, Dustin Johnson was another guy who played the V Steel back when he was a kid. And so anyway, so I think that was one of the things that we felt like, hey, there's an opportunity to essentially modernize the original V Steel, right? We we have so much new technology that's come out since V Steel came out, obviously. Uh, with the slot technology, with twist face, uh, with the carbon, multi-material construction, that if we could kind of take the playability and, and, and the versatility of V-Steel and combine it with kind of modern technology fairways, that could be, a, you know, a pretty powerful combination. And, and sure enough, that's, that's what's happened this year. A lot of people are, are excited about these fairways, um, not to mention tour guys. I mean, they, they are they are eating this up. And, and so... You know, it's even extended down to the rescue, right? So that rescue, we put V-Steel on that, too. We thought, hey, that's, that's a club that you need versatility. You need to have that low CG on it, too. And, and lo and behold, that thing has taken off both, again, with amateurs as well as some of the tour guys. So it's been really exciting on that front. Working with the best players in the world, their feedback means a lot to you in terms of product design and, and technology. How does that information that you gather from the top players help the average golfer? And how, how can they relate to... Um, those tour pros talking, you know, minimal differences. Yeah, great, great question. I think I think the that's sometimes the challenge of my job, honestly, is is to marry those two things together. Because obviously, um, it is important that you know Tiger plays it, Rory plays it, DJ and John Rahm and all these guys. That they, it's important that they play the product. It's important for our brand, uh, and we want them to win more tournaments, play better, hit longer drives, hit it straight. Like all those things are really important. Uh, for sure, but ultimately, 99.9% of these drivers are going in the hands of average golfers around the country, around the world, that aren't these players. They ha- don't have the same skill set. They don't hit it as consistently. They don't hit it straight or as long. And so you have to make sure that the parts work work in both of those scenarios. And that's really quite a challenge at times. Um, but what I would say is, as we develop the product and as we test the product, most of the testing and, and performance targets that we set for these products are based on the average player. You know, so we, we, we make sure launch angles and spin rates and left to right bias and sound and feel is good for the average golfer. 
right? So that's kind of our main priority. And then, you know, as it happens, I think with, with drivers, you're kind of in a unique situation where good players and average golfers all want the same thing, right? They want it to as far as they can uh, straight, right? And on irons, it's different, right? I used to work irons before, and irons is tricky because then now there's shape things. There's, you know, how much speed do you want? How much spin do you want? And, and, it, and there, there's nuances with irons, and that's why you need a lot more different iron models. But with drivers, it's pretty, it's pretty simple. And then the way you differentiate uh, a Tiger Woods from a your normal 12 handicap uh, club golfer is you get the right shaft, you get the right loft, um, you get fit, you know, for each of those players. But essentially, the head can be identical for those two players, right? So we the the 10.5 degree um, sim max that Dustin Johnson plays is the same exact club you can buy in a store. We you know we don't make him a smaller one or one that has you know different sound or different type of paint um, or you know way more toe bias or whatever. Like there's a club, <clears throat> so basically. Um, you know, that's the kind of beauty of what I do is that, is that as long as it performs and it does those things, we're in a good spot. Now, we do have to make different drivers, though. That's why there isn't just one model, right? So we have a sim, we have a sim max and a sim max. And we do that because most of the tour guys are going to play the sim. They want something really low spin um, because they're trying to eke out as much distance as possible. But sometimes the average golfer needs a little bit more spin uh, and they value a little bit more inertia, you know, over having low spin. So there's some of that, which is why we have the max versus the standard one. And then we have a draw driver, the guy who slices it, which is typically not used on tour. This year we've had some success with it with guys like Keegan Bradley, but uh, it's not really designed for a tour player because most of those guys, you know, don't want to turn it left, you know, 10 to 15, 20 yards. So, but yeah, that's, I think it, it is, it is an interesting one. And usually, honestly, if, if something looks good to a tour player, it sounds good to a tour player, it's going to sound and look good to the average golfer as well. Um, from the subjective side. As an average golfer, me, myself here, uh, I totally agree with all that. So Tomo Bystet, tailor-made golf. The sim is awesome. We love it. Thanks so much for the time today. Awesome. Absolutely, man. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. That was really cool. And what I got out of it, one of the things that stuck out to me, the fact that some of this technology was back in 2011, 2012, and they just, you physically couldn't do it, but they were already planning for 2020. It's crazy how far technology has come, but they had the foresight to actually create these drivers now. Now they were just way ahead of technology. It's unbelievable. Yeah, the the bloodline there with with the M1. I just I um I, I think the uh, the customer really feels comfortable with the way that 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 club's gonna set down and look, and then you know obviously they'll see uh, some of the performance gains over the previous year. Yeah, that M1 is truly revolutionary in terms of. One, technology. Two, looks. Uh, and that goes right into marketing, too. You know a tour player is a tailor-made player because of the look of the M1, and it's translated into the design of the uh, the sim driver right now. Yeah, and I've heard the story from Tomo before when he was talking about designing the M1. Uh, Jason Day was holding up the M1 um, on TV, and then they went, oh, crap, we got to look at the... We got to look at how we make the M2 um, from here on out and, and make it look like the M1 because Jason Day loves his driver so much. And the way that Jason Day uh, points it down the fairway, he would hold up his driver and you would see the top crown of the driver. So, uh, yeah, great stuff there from Tomo and uh, really appreciate having him on. Love talking equipment, love talking the technology. Now let's talk about some golf. A lot of news happening in the golf world right now. 
a Masters postponed most likely until the fall. I'm going to read a statement from Fred Ridley, and then let's talk about it. He said, Considering the latest information and expert analysis, we have decided at this time to postpone the Masters Tournament, the National Women's Amateur, and the Drive Chip and Putt National Finals. Ultimately, the health and well-being of everyone associated with these events and the citizens of the Augusta community led us to this decision. We hope this postponement puts us in the best position to safely host the Masters Tournament and our amateur events at some later date. Again, Fred Ridley, the chairman of the Augusta National Golf Club, all of this due to coronavirus. Initial thoughts? I think it, it, it was bound to happen just because of all the cascading effect that's happened over the last 48 hours. When you talk about uh, the way that the, you know, the started with the president's address and the you know working with all of the uh, bodies that basically of, of entertainment all the way through, uh, sports entertainment especially, um, it was just kind of a natural thing that I, I figured they would. Um, I'm, I'm happy that they're postponing and not canceling. So that's that's extremely uh, satisfying that they're going to be moving it to October. I think that's going to be a, a, a good spot for them. Um, hopefully they can still have the birds chirping, the azaleas and everything else blooming. I'm sure they'll find a way. So, yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. Uh, honestly, the, the way that they, they've handled this, there's a lot of corporate implications uh, when it comes to the Masters. Um, it's one of the top ways that people entertain uh, clients and such. And then when you talk about the drive, chip, and putt with the, you know, the, the kids and their families getting down there. I mean, yeah, this is a public health issue, clear cut. Um, with all of the other major sports uh, postponing or even just canceling, in, in, in the case of uh, March Madness, canceling uh, their spring championships, their, their winter championships. It, like Andy said, it is bound to happen. You have to take in consideration of the players, of the fans, of the general well-being of the, of the public. They made the right call. I believe they really made the right call here. And I'm really looking forward to a Fall Masters. Hopefully it is in October. Very much looking forward to that. A Fall Masters with orange in the background instead of, you know, those pink azaleas. Who knows? They could probably put a pumpkin patch back there <laughs> and make 12 and 13 look absolutely beautiful. I'm all in on the, on the pumpkin patches, too. I think the tour had a complicated uh, issue, too, with the players and all of these other tournaments coming up. This is not just a U.S. fields. These are worldwide fields. These are players coming out of Europe. These are players, you know, some of the top-ranked players are coming out of Europe, coming out of the Middle East, things like that, where we now have a, um, you know, partial travel ban for the next 30 days. So I don't see how you could have a World Golf Championship match play, for instance, if you have a travel ban on some of the world's best players coming from Europe. Um, so it was the right move to do to, to add to the clarity um, of what was going to, to happen moving forward. You know, they probably could have finished the players out uh, this past weekend, but I understand. I mean, the court of public opinion is never, never going to come out on your side when you're the last sport to cancel. Would have been bad business had something worse happen. Absolutely. But you look at NASCAR, the latest cancel, they canceled the race this weekend and next weekend. They were going to try the no-fans approach that the players was as well. That obviously was canceled altogether. And even the Boston Marathon, that's usually held on April 15th. They said huh. they're going to do it now on September 14th. So it's nice to see that these traditional events can be held later, and that's the hope and goal of these different organizations in sports. To put it in perspective, obviously coronavirus is global, but in terms of sports history, the Masters being postponed 
is the first time since World War II, 1945, that it's been postponed or canceled. This is huge in sports, and I, I can't imagine the impact it has on world history, sports history, and the, the players and, and how they feel. What are they going to do in the off time? I did want to ask you, Andy, as a professional golfer, someone that's been around the tournaments, the other players, what do they do with this time? Is it a traditional practice schedule and now they're just on their own? How do they stay tournament ready? I think it's a traditional practice schedule. They're fortunate to a lot of these players live in the same areas, belong at the same clubs. Um, so they'll be able to simulate somewhat tournament play uh, to some degree. I think uh, a lot of them are going to use this time to get healthy. I think we'll be back in action, you know, as, as soon as the middle of April. And, and you know, it's going to give an opportunity for some of these players, you know, with, with some health issues to to get those righted. And, and, you know, when you look at Tiger specifically, I mean, he's had these little – you know, back issues and ailments, and each week we were waiting on, is Tiger going to play this week? No. Is he going to play next week? No. Okay. And so it was kind of all leading up to Tiger's first tournament back was probably going to be the Masters. Um, and so um, it's it's going to be good because we're going to see a healthy Tiger for events coming up, the PGA, the U.S. Open, the British, and now on the tail end is the uh, Masters. So And the Ryder Cup too. Yeah, we could see a really – Actually, a, a better year, a more exciting year uh, with players getting healthy because of this. That could be the byproduct. We talked about the knees, too. Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka. Yeah. yeah, Brooks Kepka looked okay um, in the first round of the players. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's going to give them time to definitely uh, recoup, be able to do a little workout um, in the uh, in the off time for sure and, and, and get where they need to be. And we did see the first round in – I think we should revisit one of EJ's hot takes, uh, if you would like to. I thought we were going to open with that. Um, so I would like to point out that Hideki Matsuyama was leading after round one. Was. Still the, Keyword, was. Still the greatest Asian golfer but, of our current you know, generation I, and time. Last time I checked, it was canceled. So did the event really happen? Well, the course record will be official. So the course record that he did tie in round one will be official forever. So, yes. Round one did happen, I guess, and check one off on the big board for me. In terms of our little debate, comes down to W's. Was that a W? Absolutely not. It was a one-round W for sure. I will say, Hideki Matsuyama was an absolute machine. He, t- he took my words. He said, nope, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going <laughs> to say it. Uh, he, he gave me the middle finger. He gave me the middle finger. He probably heard our podcast because we are a global podcast. He said, you know what, EJ? I'm going to take this stuff right in your face Here's a, here's a nice little 63 on you. Boom. Take that. Go home. Tell your mom about it. But listeners who didn't tune in to the first episode yet, be sure to go back, check that out. Party of Four, Misswood Golf Club podcast. You can find it on all your major podcast carriers. EJ, what did you say? I said, Sung J.M. will be the best Asian player when it's all said and done. And then I proceeded to laugh in your face. Yeah. I said better than Hideki Matsuyama. I referred back to Ryo Ishikawa with all the hype that he's had back in the day. Um, Shingo uh, Kadiyama. Shingo Kadiyama. Oh, my gosh. With the, with the cowboy hat. He didn't um, even win a major. Yeah, I mean, he, he had a lot of hype back then, too. But, yeah, nothing. K.J. But Sung, Choi. K.J. Choi. Okay, fine. But I think Sung J.M. has everything, just as, just as Matsuyama has everything, too. But Sung J.M. is young. No he way. is thriving. He is willing to take down Matsuyama. We have to give it some time. Yeah. <laughs> we have to give yeah. it some time Luckily, to see how this marinates. Very much like the virus. 
We have to give it time. Luckily, our <laughs> podcast is here for years and years to come. Oh, my gosh. So we are going to have this debate. But it's fun to talk Sung about. J. It is great. It is great. Okay. Song JM. All right, let's head back to the phone lines. We have John Platt, Director of Instruction for Misswood Golf Club. Hey, John. Hey, guys. How you doing? Real good, John. Thanks for coming on. Doing great. Talking a lot about the Masters today. We know it's not happening now, but who the young Masters would be your pick? <laughs> who would be my pick? So I actually was going to go with, I don't know how you say his first name, but what's the house? Andy would know M. I am. Oh, Sunjay uh, M. Let's go. No. Let's go. No. No, yes. no it can't be Sunjay M. Yes. Thank you so oh, much. And I'll immediately put no. him over the top. No. Over Hideki, who has no. zero majors. No, 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 no. no You're no, feeding no. EJ's passion for some hey, JM. Welcome to the team, John Platt. Oh my gosh! All right, who's your, who's your what do you like pick? about him? EJ, why is that your why is that EJ's pick? I thought he would have been Matsuyama. No, EJ well, loves. I love Sun JM. He is young, he's driving. He's he's rearing to go. He is going to be the best Asian golfer when it's all said and done. Book it. He's who is? He, yeah, you think Sunjay is going to be the best Asian golfer? He's probably the best Asian golfer right now. And or at least the last two weeks he is. Yeah, the last two weeks. Not, not over the last <laughs> right. two he's years. Hot. He's hot. Okay. Who cares? All right. Yeah, by the time they play the Masters, though, he might have been already done. I mean, it's going to be a whole new thing <laughs> if they're going <laughs> to do it. Whose team are you on? Whatever. J- JP, what's your, JP, what's your perspective on, on Tiger? I mean, this this only has to benefit, right, the extra time off? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, obviously it's been his back, I guess, again. So I was assuming that um, who knows what he's been doing. I haven't heard about him practicing anywhere. Just that usually kind of see that. So this has to help him. Um, I think we all know. I mean, he proved it last year. He's when he when he's eighty percent healthy. He's probably still one of the best players, if not the best player on the planet. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what a what a great culmination for golf this year too. We start we'll start with basically with the PGA Championship. You got PGA Championship, U.S. Open, British Open, Olympics, Ryder Cup, right, and then the Masters. It's pretty darn good actually that way. And then you're gonna <laughs> turn around. Then we want the wait a year this time because then it will be the yeah. next six months later. It will be the Masters again. Right. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. It's a good point. Right. And, JP, we have a lot happening at Misswood Golf Club, not just this spring, but in the summertime. Talk about the Nike Junior Camps. Yeah, we are um, we got on board with Nike Junior Camps, which uh, is kind of a great organization. And uh, they kind of do camps all over the country. Uh, they have them um, up north in Illinois and far west and far south. I know Coach Paul does them down there at U of I. And this year we signed on to kind of do it with them. Uh, for this summer, and we're talking, we have it'll be half day, the half day one, the half day camps are from nine to twelve o'clock, and that's for you know any player, but a lot of beginner players will do those. And then we have full day camps, which go from nine to four, which will include instruction uh, during the morning. We would do lunch, and then we're going to bring them onto the golf course. So I'm really kind of looking forward to getting a lot of the top high school kids looking to further their college career coming to those full-day camps off. Yeah, it's going to be a fun, interesting opportunity for, for all of us on the staff, uh, you know, working these clustered um, opportunities here with the kids. You know, we're working with them on a weekly basis. We're working with them for 
three hours, six hours, whatever it is during the day, getting them on the course. So it'll be a much different and actually fun opportunity, a very fun opportunity for the uh, for the instructors. Yeah, we'll get new kids and we'll get um, – we have a lot of kids. Uh, parents have already asked me from the kids for the winter program that they actually want to do the summer deal there too. So I'm looking forward to seeing some of the other faces. And I'm sure we're going to see a lot of faces we haven't seen yet. So um, I'm totally looking forward to this for the summer. So we got our golf season coming up in a couple of weeks. Some people are kind of stuck inside right now. What would be that one tip to work on inside? Well, what I would do is I'd tell them, um, go find a mirror in your house, set up to it. You only have to have a golf club, and you can just kind of get yourself set up and really just kind of work on acting like you're taking the club back, sitting into your left side, and then pushing up off your left foot, getting into your left side. So it's be a good time for them to actually work on their white chips. So it's a little turning to the right, watch themselves in the mirror, get to the left, and through impact, push off the ground, finish up high. That way there, you know, start building up some muscle memory. Since you're stuck inside, you might as well work on your golf swing. Absolutely. A little dancing back and forth from the mirror. Sounds good. That's a good tip. Love right. it. Thanks, JP. Hopefully we'll get you in studio you soon. You got it, guys. Andy, what's your excitement level like right now? This is always the most exciting time of the year. Part of that is the Masters, uh, unfortunately. But, yeah, no, this is a really exciting time. This is when, you know, we look ahead in the calendar and day by day we're looking to uh, um, to get this place opened up and ready to go. And, uh, you know, we're going to see in the next couple of weeks uh, probably an open Mistwood Golf Club and excited to play and entertain all the folks that we've been, uh, we've been missing over the winter. Little bits of green are popping up everywhere. And I, as a, as a, Huge golf fan. I am very, very excited. I, I can't contain my excitement. I talk about it every day. <laughs> Ben's probably tired of it, of, of hearing it from me. To end on a positive note, because of the postponement of the Masters, Tiger Woods is still your defending champion for a little bit longer, which is the best way to spin this, this Masters postponement news. Awesome episode, gentlemen. That was a lot of fun. We'll be back soon. Until then, get in the cart. Right at us. The best in the business, Roger Cleveland. Can't wait to get back to Chicago in this one. This is Party of Four, a Mistwood Golf Club podcast.